This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a wonderful football Wednesday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. It is You Better You Bet, and it is you here with us. On the BetQL Network, simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. And if you're watching us on Stadium right now, we sincerely appreciate it. We got two hours of badass wagertainment coming your way, getting you set to bet and win this weekend, NFL Week 14. Brian Baldinger stops by in 20 minutes, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider. Our good buddy Will Brinson from CBS Sports in 40 minutes. Eric Eager will join us coming up next hour on the show. Always love Eric Eager from Sumer Sports when he joins us. And uh, the final hour, Power Hour, not on Stadium. That'll be on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash betql. In addition to like a multitude of other places that we don't have time to list right now. But in that final hour, we'll give you all our bets for tonight. College Hoops, Bets of Steel in the NHL. And uh, finally, like a big NBA slate. Uh, we'll bring you all our bets in the NBA with our best of the best. But as we always do on these wonderful football Wednesdays, we begin the fun and frivolity with our good friend, pro sports better, the great Rob Pozzola. Uh, and we urge people to check out Rob's Sports Betting Content Network, The Hammer. A lot of guests from The Hammer will join us. Eric Eager does work for The Hammer. Joey Kanish does work for The Hammer at The Hammer HQ on Twitter. Rob's Sports Betting Podcast is Circles Off. We encourage everybody to check that out. Just search Circles Off wherever you find your podcasts. And follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Week 14 to you and yours. Yeah, happy Week 14. Uh, week 13 was solid until... Uh, you know, Jake Browning turned into the second coming of Dan Marino on Monday Night Football. Did did not see that coming. Ruined a lot of uh, money line parlays, teasers spread across the board. So didn't end on the most positive note. But uh, Week 14 certainly interesting with the weather impacts, lots of injuries in a lot of games. So we've seen some pretty aggressive uh, line movement across the board so far. Rob, you, uh, you usually send us some games you want to talk about ahead of time. Uh, absent from the list, notably absent from the list, your Cowboys uh, hosting the Philadelphia Eagles in like the game the game of the week. Can't really call it the game of the year. The Eagles seemingly play in the game of the year every single week with who, who they played on the schedule run they've been on. Even if it's just like a quick 30-second, here's what I do kind of a thing, just like Sunday Night Football, like 70 million people are going to watch this game. The Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is an astronomical 52 in, in kind of today's NFL. What advice would you give people on this game? Yeah, so I talked a little bit about this on the the Sunday night show that I, I do on Forward Progress, and I was hoping for a lower total than this, and I thought we would see a lower total just because of the NFL scoring environment this year, but we didn't get that. We've seen a total in 52, 52 and a half type of range. I still have some interest in the over, and these high totals in the NFL, this is going back three, four, five years now. There's a pretty big group that likes to play these high totals under right close to post in a lot of these games. So like half hour leading up until game time, I'm targeting the over in this game. I think we're going to see a lot of points. Philadelphia, when they have to play fast, they do play fast. Now there's a little bit of a wrench in that. It's so weird that I'm even going to say this, but like the Mike McCarthy stuff today and him not being able to game plan this week, I don't know how much of an impact that's actually going to have on this team going forwards. And maybe... I'm a little bit more cautious of that. 
But if we get down to 51 here, it's going to be very hard for me not to click submit bet on the over in this game. And what Rob's talking about, Mike McCarthy undergoing yeah. like an appendectomy today. Uh, he expects to coach on Sunday. So Dan Quinn and like uh, and uh, Brian Schottenheimer and company will be running practice until Mike McCarthy returns. Uh, I, I assume it's going to be like a Jim Harbaugh situation for the next couple of days where he won't be there, but I think he'll probably be heavily involved in what's going on. Maybe on painkillers. God bless him. Uh, so McCarthy does expect to coach the game on Sunday night on the sideline for the Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Rob, let's get to the games that you are going to be betting this week for sure. And we'll start in Chicago, where we have the Lions taking on the Bears. Bears coming off their bye. And right now, Detroit in between a three and three and a half point road favor. Total in the game is 44. Thoughts here, please, on the Lions and Bears. Hashtag, oh my. Yes. (laughs) So I have some interest in the Bears in this game. Um, What's weird to me is that you got all this early money in the week on the under with potential inclement weather in Chicago. And then today, the forecast looking a lot better. Not too much wind, starting to clear up. Everyone comes back in on the over. I still think this is going to close over 44 if we don't have um, bad weather. But surprisingly, we don't get a big move on the Lions. And I'm kind of hoping that we get a move on the Lions because I missed the early boat on the Bears. But I think this is a bad matchup for Detroit. It's very similar to what I talked about a few weeks ago when these teams played. But Jared Goff really, 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 over the course of his career, struggles against cover two looks. And, I mean, when I say struggle, he's 37th in the NFL and EPA this year against cover two. Against the Bears defense that plays the second highest rate of cover two in the entire league. The previous matchup, they forced him into some bad interceptions when they used those looks. And for whatever reason, he cannot overcome it. Chicago's defense is extremely underrated right now. Ever since they got fully healthy, Montez Sweat there, they're performing even when you adjust for strength of schedule as like a top 10 EPA per play defense in the entire league. I have a lot of interest in Chicago. I can't bet them at this number. I'm think I'm still thinking that there's going to be some Detroit money at some point this week that drives this back up again when the weather is looking a little bit more clear. You don't have the Jared Goff weather concerns and things of that nature, but heavy lean towards the Bears, and I'm I'm trying to find a way to play them in like the plus three and a half, minus 110 range. Rob, there have been obviously a ton of NFC South games, like divisional games so far this year. All of them seemingly tend to have like the same point spread and the same the same total, depending on like where the game's played. It's always, all right, like whoever's home or like, you know, some team favored by two and a half, three against another bad team. And the total's like always about 40. And these games always seem to be one possession, dicey games. The first meeting between the Falcons and the Bucks was certainly like that. The second meeting is on Sunday. Atlanta, a two and a half point home favorite. The total is 39 and a half. What do you like here? So there's going to be one of two ways that this game works out, and it all really has to do with Tampa Bay's injury report on defense. Obviously, absent last week, big injuries in the linebacking core, in the secondary as well with Jamel Dean. So essentially what happens here is if Tampa Bay still has major injury concerns on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to look to the over in this game. Uh, We can go back to the first matchup between these two teams, 16-13, and we can basically throw that final score out the window because there were seven red zone trips in that game that resulted in one touchdown and a bunch of turnovers as well. That game's actual points played about 17 points lower than the expected points in that game, which is just unheard of. It doesn't happen. And even since then, the Falcons have lost Grady Jarrett. They're going to not have A.J. Terrell for this week as well. So big players on their defense out after that performance. In the case where Tampa Bay all of a sudden has a healthy 
linebacking core, Levante David plays, Jamel Dean comes back in the secondary. I'm actually going to look to play the Bucks on the money line here, or at least the Bucks at plus two and a half in this range, because I just don't see much separating these two teams when you you add those defensive reinforcements for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm waiting for this injury situation to play out, but in some capacity, it's over if Tampa's injury report is bad. It's Tampa if their injury report is good. And people will remember, like, the play of that game, and, like, I, I can't believe Atlanta won that game, was the Ritter fumble out of the end zone, basically, like, going in would have been, like, another seven points, obviously, added there. Uh, we have one piece of, like, breaking injury news here. We'll talk about this a little later. Najee Harris, a second straight DNP today, doesn't practice for the Steelers, a list, officially listed as questionable for Thursday night's game against the Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson and, oh, Pop Douglas out also for New Orleans. Man, maybe we should be betting more on this under here, uh, coming up with the Patriots and the Steelers. You better you bet with Nick and Ken on a wonderful Wednesday, chatting week 14 in the NFL, getting bets from our pal, pro sports better Rob Bazola on Twitter at Rob Bazola. Uh, Rob, let's go to the Vikings and the uh, the Raiders in Vegas. Both teams coming off their bye. Vikings making it official today. Not a huge surprise, but like they made it official. Josh Dobbs will once again be under center for Minnesota. Justin Jefferson expected back for the Vikings in this game. Minnesota, a three-point road favorite at the Raiders. The total in this game is 40.5. What do you have for us here in this hotly anticipated Super Bowl Eleven rematch? I love that. I love your your recollection of all these past Super Bowls, Nick. Uh, early service release this week on the Minnesota Vikings draws it, drives it up to three. I thought the opener was fine here. Uh, maybe there's a little bit more positivity and people are expecting more of the Vikings offense with Justin Jefferson back, but I've upgraded them quite substantially with his return. And I can't really get here. I, I like the Raiders getting three at home in this game. Uh, in terms of stylistic matchups, everyone's fixated on Minnesota's defense. They blitz a lot. Aiden O'Connell hasn't really been good against the Blitz this year, which is true. He struggled against that. But Aiden O'Connell has been very, very good against cover two and cover three. He struggles against heavy man looks. And when we look at the way the Vikings play defense, they don't play much man because they don't have the corners to play much man. They're in cover three a lot. They're in cover two a lot. So I think that offsets a lot of what they can bring in terms of pressure on Aiden O'Connell. On the other side of things, Josh Dobbs, another guy, with very extreme splits. Josh Dobbs, very good in his young career so far against man or any zone coverages that have some sort of man as well, like cover one. He's cooked those. Part of the reason why, he can use his legs a lot better. Secondary turns their back to the quarterback, runs downfield. Josh Dobbs uses his legs. Against zone coverage teams, he has been terrible, downright terrible against these types of teams, both EPA and success rate-wise. So I just like the matchup for the Raiders. Now, yeah, Justin Jefferson, obviously going to matter for Minnesota. But even with his inclusion, I can't really get here. So give me Las Vegas at home getting the three. Rob, I think we have a, a few games left we want to hit on, maybe like a, a minute each year or something. And maybe we get a thought from Thursday Night Football out the door. Just like, are, are you going to watch this and or bet this Steelers-Patriots game? Uh, the list of teams in the AFC that are still alive for the playoffs is like, ridiculously long and they're all kind of bunched together and nobody knows what's going to happen and two of those teams and people laugh but like the chargers are still alive to make the playoffs the broncos are definitely still alive to make the playoffs they play twice uh, in the final few weeks of the season here this first matchup is in la the chargers are about three point favorites although it's kind of like juice two and a half in some places 44 the total in about a minute here uh, what do you like I, I i like the broncos but this isn't the entry point for me i think that we might get some chargers money in this game because I think there's a lot of people looking to fade the Broncos who've had a lot of turnover luck, let's call it, over the past six or seven games. Not so much last, yeah, week, last against week Houston. Go. No, exactly. Week Not go. so much last <laughs> week. But a lot of people are looking to fade that going forward. The problem is I don't 
know how the Chargers score. They can't score. I mean, you can have Keenan Allen and Patrick Sertan. Like, basically, the, the Patriots put the blueprint out there last week of how to beat the Chargers. They couldn't because they can score zero points on offense. But this is not an explosive offense anymore. They just don't have the weapons. It feels like I'm regurgitating this on a weekly basis. I'm looking for to a better price on Denver here. I would play plus three minus 120, but I do suspect we're going to see some Chargers money later in the week. So that's the only reason I'm holding off for now. All right, let's go lightning round here, Rob. Let's go to the Browns and the Jaguars on Sunday in Cleveland, where like the you know like the Jaguars can say whatever they want. C.J. Beathard is going to be the quarterback, not Trevor Lawrence. And we and like DTR hasn't cleared protocol yet, but like practicing today for the Browns, probably still going to be Flacco though on Sunday. Cleveland in between a three and three and a half point home favor, total thirty and a half. What about the Browns and the Jags? So Eugene Frenette, who is a beat writer for Jacksonville, tweeted this: "I'm not a gambler, but if you force me to bet a lot of money, what are you laughing about?" Because like it's funny that you called him by his full name. I think he goes by like Gene Frenette, and you called Gene. him Eugene, which is really funny. That's great. Yeah. Okay, all right, Eugene That's Frenette. Gene Frenette. Eugene. I'm not a gambler. If you force me to bet a lot of money on whether Trevor plays Sunday, I would have leaned towards no before seeing him walk to the media podium today. Now I'm leaning towards yes. We'll know more by Friday. If for some reason Trevor Lawrence suits up in this game, the market is immediately going to bet Jacksonville. And I cannot wait to unload (laughs) on the Cleveland Browns in that situation. So please, God, give it to me. I cannot imagine a worse matchup than an immobile quarterback on the road at Cleveland to take on a Browns defense that just destroys opposing quarterbacks at home. Please, Gene Fournette. Be correct on this one. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> G, G, Eugene. Gino. Uh, uh, Rob, give us like a minute if you could. Monday Night Football, Dolphins and Titans. Miami, uh, about 13 and a half, 14 point favor. Total about 47 on Monday night. Yeah, we've seen the Titans play pass defense before, correct? Which is like non-existent. I don't understand the total here. I'm a, I'm, I mean, maybe it's just one of those games where Miami scores a bunch of points and Tennessee just, just can't. But... This reminds me a lot of the last week's game against the Commanders where Miami's going to put up a ton on a defense that cannot stop the pass. It's actually a pass funnel defense. The one thing that's great about the Dolphins is they actually play to the weaknesses of the opposing defenses that they play, and they generate a lot of explosive plays. This, to me, is on the wrong side of 47. I don't really know who's betting the under in the game, but I I really like the over in this spot because I think Miami's floor in terms of points is like 35 in this game. And uh, Rob, give, if you wouldn't mind, even if you're not betting the game, give us like 30 seconds on Thursday Night Football, the Steelers and the Pats. I'm going to be live on air for the entirety of this game, and I'm trying to figure out how, how that's going to go. I, I could not bet anything other than the Patriots. The total is 30, and you have need one team to win by a touchdown. Like, I should be clicking that bet almost exclusively, but the offense is just so painfully bad that I can't. My number in the game is honestly just short of five. I can't do it. I I just, I've sworn myself to not do this with the Patriots anymore. I'm done with that team. They're dead to me, but it's Patriots or nothing. Yeah, you know, you'll be on the air. Hashtag content. I think you should Mm. click that button and take, click that button and take those points with the Patriots. Hashtag ML. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I did that last week. It didn't work. It allowed six points and didn't win. It was great. Uh, My friend, we appreciate it. Rob Bazola on Twitter. The Hammer HQ on Twitter circles off is a sports betting podcast. Good luck with all the bets, my friend. Stay well, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Good luck with your bets as well.
On the other side, Odyssey Sports NFL insider Brian Baldinger lends his expertise on all the big games this weekend, including Sunday night in Big D with the Eagles and the Cowboys. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Fake to Samuel, Purdy, rolling, throwing, Ayuk holds on, and he's got it for the touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk and company dominating the Philadelphia Eagles last weekend on the road at the link. Can the Niners have similar success this Sunday at home against the Seahawks? Can the Eagles get back on track Sunday night football on the road in Dallas? Brian Baldinger will join us in just a second to talk about that and more week 14 in the NFL. But Will Brinson joins us in 20 minutes. Eric Eager coming up next hour on the show. Rick Camp will join us in the Power Hour final hour and also in the final hour Power Hour all of our bets for tonight. But right now, joining us on the show, Odyssey Sports NFL insider, the great Brian Baldinger, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, the best football show which I, I still think is like the best name ever for a podcast, a TV show, whatever. The best football show featuring daily breakdowns of the most important storylines across the league. Baldy, of course, on Twitter, where you get hashtag Baldy's breakdowns at Baldy NFL. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy week 14 in the NFL to you and yours. Likewise, uh, Nick, good to be with you guys. Ken, how are you doing? We're good, Baldy. Why don't we got a couple of really big games? It feels like every week uh, for the last month or so, the NFL is kind of scheduled this where there's at least like one huge kind of like Titanic matchup between, you know, we have the Bills and Eagles. Basically, the Eagles have been involved in almost all of them, playing the Chiefs, playing the Bills, playing the Niners this, uh, last week. And they kind of end this really, really rough schedule stretch. They go to Seattle next week. But like this stretch with with a game at Dallas and Baldy on Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys more than a three-point favor right now, basically like a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. And I think a lot of people are going to see that ball. They're going to say, the Cowboys haven't really beaten anybody very good this year. Like, should they be favored by three-and-a-half in the game? It's also projected to be a very high-scoring game. The total's 52. Do you kind of agree with that, that if you had to pick the winner of the game, it's Cowboys maybe by more than a field goal? And do you think it'll be a high-scoring game? Mm, I, I think the Cowboys are playing better football. Look, you can only play who you're playing on the schedule, but, you know, they just, you know, they, they wipe up. Those teams are putting up, you know, high 30s, 40 points a game right here. The quarterback's playing at a really good level. Uh, they went up and down the field on the Eagles a month ago. I think they can do the same thing. I think the Eagles' defense is really struggling. And I don't – signing Shaq Leonard or Kevin Byard, I don't think is the fix. Um, I just think structurally, you know, at linebacker, they put no resources into the linebackers, and it's, it's showing. And so um, – I think Cowboys are going to have their way offensively. It's just a question of whether the Eagles can match it. And I think they, they, they're just sort of out of sync. They haven't figured out the run game all year long. They haven't figured it out. And until they do, I think that's the best method right now is to pound the Cowboys in the run game, but yet they seem uncommitted to it. I like the Cowboys in this game. I, I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, but I, I think the Cowboys are just playing much better football right now. I just have a hunch, and like Baldy, maybe we'll, you and I will talk about this tomorrow on In the Huddle. 
Maybe the Eagles dust off Rashad Penny in this game, uh, try and get the run game cooking, or maybe he'll be inactive and like and won't play in the game, which is what happened last time. I thought I was gonna, I thought that was gonna happen. To be fair, uh, let's go to the game, Baldy. You'll be on the call of this week, and let's uh, let's pay off the highlight we played coming back from break with the Niners and the Seahawks. Uh, San Francisco coming off the obliteration of Philadelphia, like rated as the best team in the league, a ten and a half point home favorite against Seattle, a team that they creamed obviously on the road um, on Thanksgiving. San Fran favored by ten and a half, total forty. Six and a half expectations here for San Fran and Seattle. Mm, I like the way San Francisco's playing. I think everybody does. I don't think just because uh, they just wiped up Philadelphia in the East Coast that there's going to be a letdown. Um, I think Seattle played much, much better last week. They've got 10 days to get ready. They got the passing game in order. But I like, I just love the secondary of the 49ers right now. They're really mixing up their coverages. Uh, they stifled the Eagles receivers in, in, in big parts of the game last week, whether it was in man coverage or whether they went zone. Um, and the longer the quarterback has to hold the ball, it's more time for Nick Bosa and, uh, you know, Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead to get home. So, uh, and the linebackers are as good a duo as there is in football. I mean, I just love the way the 49ers are playing on that side of the ball. And I just don't think Seattle defensively has been good all year. And so I don't see them slowing Brock Purdy or this offense down at all. Baldy, we, we talked about this in the first hour of the show. We were just saying, like, hey, like, down the road, playing out the NFC and the AFC playoff matchups. And I was saying, like, in the NFC, we've kind of, like, the Niners are the favorite, obviously, to win the NFC. More than even money, so you still get, like, plus 150, plus 160 on them to win the NFC. Like, we've seen all the matchups already. Like, they, they played Dallas. We saw what happened. They played Philly. We saw what happened. They played Seattle on Thanksgiving. We saw what happened. Like we we've seen these matchups. I I kind of like go into the playoffs with the sense, Baldy, that like I I'll just speak for myself. I would be very surprised if the Niners did not at least win the conference. Maybe they don't win the Super Bowl, but at least not win the conference. Like having seen the games, and you probably watched the film of all those games. Do you get that same feeling? Like could you see a team go to San Francisco and beat them the way they're playing right now? No, no. I mean, if they get the number one seed, I think you can anoint them. Um, I talked to Fred Warner before the Tampa game, and this was after the three-game losing streak and, and the bye not winning a game, you know, over the course of a month. And he thought um, it was fixed. Like, they got that behind them. And this is exactly what the Rams did two years ago. They lost three in a row. They had a bye week. They didn't win a game in a month. And then they came back, and they just – they rolled. And all the way to the Super Bowl. And I, I kind of feel like San Francisco's on that same track right now. And then you just get a sense of being around that team that – there's no other team like them. Like, there's no, but, there's no other team in this thing, including the Eagles or the Cowboys, that have as much star power as the 49ers do everywhere you look, whether it's McCaffrey or whether it's the quarterback or Debo or Bosa or Warner. There's just star – I mean, even Juice at fullback. Like, there's guys – Trent Williams, they've got more stars and the highest-paid players at key positions of any team in this league right now, and they're all working together. I, I feel like they're the best team, and they know they're the best team. And they're just a question of just going out there and executing right now. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday, talking week 14 in the National Football League with our good friend, Odyssey Sports NFL insider, the great Brian Baldinger. He is on Twitter at Baldy. NFL. Uh, all right, so having a conversation about best team in the league, like very interesting, right? San Francisco rated as it right now. Um, I think some people maybe still holding out hope that Kansas City might be there at the end, Baldy. Maybe a Super Bowl rematch against San Francisco when it's all said and done for a number of years ago. Or maybe this is the game, Baldy, that the Buffalo Bills get back on track and maybe start like their trek towards the postseason. Uh, 
basically picked the winner of the game, Baldy, Sunday in Arrowhead. Kansas City, a really small favorite at home. The total is 48.5. Bills are coming off their bye. Chiefs off the loss in Lambeau Field. And by the way, great call by you when we talked last week about the Packers' defense kind of slowing down the Chiefs' offense. You were way right on that. Uh, Who do you think wins on Sunday, Baldy, the Bills or the Chiefs in Kansas City? Well, the Bills have gone there in the regular season one. So it's not like Josh Allen hasn't gone into Arrowhead and won the game. They've done it. I, I, I think they played really well against Philadelphia in a lot of ways. Kansas City is certainly struggling on offense right now. I don't think those struggles are going to stop. Um, I think they're going to continue. And then it's a question right now of just how dominant is Josh Allen going to be? Because as good as Kansas City's defense can be, you saw what the elite play of Jordan Love did last week to the defense. You know, like they still were able to get their throws into the end zone. And I feel like Josh Allen can do the same thing. I think this is Buffalo's Waterloo right here. This is it. And I think they're going to get the best effort. And I just I, – Kansas City's been treading water offensively. Everybody's trying to figure out what it is. I mean, maybe if they go to a, a power run game, like I would suggest, like that could probably help some of their ails on offense. Uh, but generally that's not what Andy Reid wants to do. I, I like the Bills in this game to win it. Baldy, we've kind of gone through like the really, really, really good games. I, I actually want to ask you about Texans Jets just because, you know, obviously like we've been following the betting market for this game. So Robert Sala says that Zach Wilson's going to be the starter again, that Wilson's going to be the starter for the rest of the season unless he gets hurt, obviously. And the betting market, Baldy, responds to that by betting the Jets, by thinking that they are more likely to win the game with Zach Wilson starting at quarterback. So the Texans were almost a touchdown favorite on the road on Sunday. Now they are just a four point favorite. So like obviously a lot more working margin there if you want to bet the Texans now to win and cover. How do you see that game playing out now with Wilson as the quarterback? Do you think that matters? The betting market kind of moved in a way that they that the betting market thought it did matter. I do think it matters, Ken. I mean, Tim Boyle doesn't, you know, he's not an NFL quarterback. And it just took two and a half games for everybody to realize that, I guess. But you just have to watch him play. Like, you would never take that guy to the state fair to get the biggest teddy bear. He's never knocking the milk cartons down. Like, he, he can't do that. Um, Zach, Zach gives him a better chance to win the game. I think defensively they played great against Atlanta last week. I was just up there all morning. I, I just think, like, the defense, as much as it's hard to win games if your offense doesn't score touchdowns and they've scored, you know, 12 touchdowns, I don't know, 10 touchdowns in 12 games or something, it's awful. I, I feel like the defense can, can definitely rattle C.J. Stroud in this game. They're without Tank Dell. I think Sauce Gardner on Nico Collins can, can sort of neutralize that. I like the Jets to win this game. Like, I don't know why, but I do. I mean, the Jets fans, it's that homeless. It's like every single Jet game is at home. Like, I don't know how the schedule came this way, but the Jet fans deserve one win this year at home. Like, they just do. Like, I just feel like I, that's a dumb analysis, but I, I feel like the Jets are going to win this game. Well, I mean – they, they did beat the Bills in week one at home. Also, Aaron Rodgers was lost for the season in that game. But to, to be fair, I also kind of like, I think the Jets might cover the spread in this game. We'll see how how far this goes down, and maybe we'll have a conversation about it. Uh, Baldy, very fascinated to get your take on what Jake Browning's going to be both this week and the rest of the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Ken and I said on the show yesterday, like, if, if 
you like like blocked out the number and the name on the back and the face. You would have thought that was Joe Burrow playing on Monday night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Browning was sensational in that game, and now they entertain Gardner Minshew in the seven and five Colts. Like this is a high leverage game for like the bottom of the AFC like playoff picture right now. Basically, pick the winner of the game. Optimism that the weather is not going to be too bad. The, the total's been bet, bet back up to forty four from forty yesterday. Uh, Baldy, who do you think wins on Sunday? Jake Browning and the Bengals, Gardner Minshew and the Colts. Well, I agree with you, what you said about Jake Browning, because I'm with you. I mean, we all watched it, and I don't think it was a fluke, but I don't think he's going to duplicate that either. I think the Colts, um, their pass rush is going to make things very difficult. I think they've got maybe as good, if not the best pass rush in the league right now. And I think it's it's really going to affect how Jake Browning plays this game. And then I just like the way Gardner Minshew is playing. I like, I like the Colts have won four in a row. It's a good test. Um, since I mean, they both need the, the, the win to stay in the playoff picture. But I, I like the way the Colts are playing. And that was a good win in overtime against Tennessee, against a good front. But if you watch the Colts' pass rush, Abukam and Quiddy Pay and DeForest Buckner, and they've been drafting these guys at the high end of the draft for a long time, and they're getting home, and they're affecting these games right now. And I think they'll affect the game. I like the way the Colts are playing. I'll take the Colts in this. I if, if Jake Browning duplicates what we all watched this past weekend, then then the Bengals will win the game. I, I just think it's going to be hard to duplicate what we just saw. Baldy, a couple minutes left. We have kind of like another, I don't know if that's like an elimination game in the AFC playoffs, but you feel like the loser of that game, definitely behind the eight ball, maybe doesn't have a chance to get one of those wild card spots. Feels like Broncos Chargers is absolutely an eliminate. Maybe both teams are already eliminated. Maybe they're not going to get playoff spots. Certainly the Chargers have a pretty poor record, but these teams play twice in the next few weeks. There is an opportunity here, at least for the Chargers off their six, nothing win against the Patriots to get back into things. The Chargers are about a two and a half, three point favorite at home against Denver. So a little bit more than pick the winner of the game, total 44. Four. I, did you see anything in that Chargers six nothing win that makes you think like there's a comeback brewing here or anything? Maybe in about a minute, Baldy, please. I think if the Broncos put Patrick Sertan on Keenan Allen, which I would do, and he wants to do it. I know, I know, Patrick. I know he wants it. It's not. They don't typically do that. But if they want to put Patrick on him like they've done on Devontae Adams before, and you limit Keenan Allen in that offense there's really very few other options for Justin Herbert to, to throw it. And they're just so fundamentally unsound defensively that even the Patriots couldn't take advantage of it. And so I feel like Denver's just a better coach team. They had plenty of chances to win that game last week against Houston. It came up short, but the ball's bouncing on the ground and three Broncos can't fall on it before the, you know, before the Texans recover it. Like I, I feel like the Broncos let one slip away, but I still think they're a better coach team, and I think they're a playoff team. So I, I feel like the Broncos are going to win this game. They're going to beat them again the second time, um, and their their schedule is fairly soft. I like the Broncos to win it. That that was maybe the most tilting play of the entire weekend was the one that Baldy just described from two people that yeah. bet the Broncos and Ken and myself and like have like postseason um, bets on the Broncos. Baldy, can you just like in like 20 seconds here, you said something really interesting that you think the Colts might have like maybe the best or certain one of the best pass rushers in the league. My thought is like if that's true, I think Indy's going to win this game by like 10 points. Like do you like do you really think and I'm not saying like you would obviously not like you know, mislead us or anything in like 10 seconds here. Like do the Colts actually have like a top five pass rush because I don't think people think of the defense in that way in like 10 seconds please 
Well, they're second. I mean, right now they're second in sacks in the league to Baltimore. You know, and you, you look what they did to Tennessee and Will Levis. They, they sacked him six times. They hit him ten times. Like, they affected the game. And not just sacks, Nick. I mean, they're sacking and getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Like, they're really talented inside and outside. So, yes, I do think they're that good up front. I got to tell you, I, I'm going to bet Indy then for sure in this game against Cincinnati. Uh, Baldy, that was awesome, man. We love having you on the show. I'll talk to you tomorrow and in the huddle. Stay well, safe travels, have a great call of the game. Enjoy, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, you bet. Talk to you guys. See ya. Oh, you bet or you bet. Check out Baldy mm-hmm. on the best football show at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Coming up next, Will Brinson from CBS Sports gives us his bets for Week 14. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Ah, that music means one thing and one thing only. It's a wonderful Wednesday here on You Better You Bet. Eric Eager will join us next hour on the show. We very much look forward to that. Power Hour, final hour, all our bets for tonight. The music means something else, obviously, here on the show, and it's great to be on simulcast on stadium thank you very much for joining us uh rob bazola was terrific earlier this hour brian baldy i was texting with baldy during the break about what he said about the colts pass rush i gotta tell you man i'm definitely betting indianapolis now like that talked me into on a bet on the colts on sunday on the road in cincinnati against the Bengals. we'll find out if uh what will brinson likes that what bets will brinson likes coming up on sunday in the national football league maybe he likes something on thursday night we'll find out right now as will brinson joins us here on the show uh will one of the star NFL analysts for our friends at CBS Sports, along with Pete Briscoe, joined us on the show on Tuesday. Will, of course, on Twitter, at Will Brinson, as he enjoys a glass of wine here on a Will Wine Wednesday. Here on on You Better You Bet. Um, You can listen to Will on the Pick 6 podcast, watch him on CBS Sports HQ, read him on CBSSports.com. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Week 14 in the NFL to you and yours. What's up, boys? I hope you guys are doing well. I feel like... um... You, know, you get two weeks past Thanksgiving and you can sort of start to, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I got a good, I've had a good, it's, I don't know. I feel like I've got a good, better, better grasp. feel like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to like the season, how it's going to close out and, and sort of where these teams are. I mean, it's pretty crazy, dude. Like we got what? I think I looked it up. It's like 19 of 32 NFL teams have played a backup at some point this season. And then we have five plus season, season ending injuries to, uh, you know, pretty big name quarterbacks. And, uh, you look at the AFC playoff race and it's, it's just, just devastating in terms of the quarterbacks that are missing from the teams that are in the hunt, in the playoffs, you know, even looking for the number one seed in the case of the Jaguars. Yeah, a ton of backup quarterbacks going to play this week, and people tweet out like the matchups in a lot of the games, and you just go like, "I can't believe this is where we are," but but this is kind of where we are. And and will we spend some time in the first hour? And I agree with you, by the way, on like the getting clarity on, oh, okay, like I think it's it might be this against this, and okay, like I don't know who's going to win necessarily, but like that's the matchup, or this is how the bracket's going to kind of look. We're starting to kind of come into focus a little bit, but on the AFC side. We kind of talked in the first hour of the show, like, is this the time to bet the Bills to upend everything that you're talking about, right? Like, all the backup quarterbacks, all the mediocre AFC teams, Bills get on a roll here, like, may- maybe they could really do some damage. Maybe they could really do this. We're trying to kind of talk ourselves into that in the first hour of the show. Do you see this as as the buy point for Buffalo, or are you kind of like, oh, we're going to do this again, and they're going to lose, like, everybody does this every week, or is this is this really the buy point for the Bills? Well, I... I, I... Pete Prisco and I talked about this on the Pick Six podcast yesterday. And we were both kind of like, man, you know, the Bills are that team that you know, I think we were sort of talking about the college football playoff and how it's like, what team, you know, 
the Florida State Alabama argument. It's what is Michigan like? What who does Michigan want in? And the sure. answer would be Florida State, which is why you you put Bama in there because they're the, the more dangerous team. Nobody wants to see Buffalo as a wild card team if this team gets hot and gets in the playoffs. And really, it's the next two weeks, right? At Kansas City and then home against Dallas, and then you close at the Chargers, which will be a Buffalo home game versus the Pats, and, and at Miami. And Miami might be sitting some people. Mike McDaniel has definitely shown a proclivity to uh, resting his players in, in in being cautious with them. When it, that was the word of the day calendar. Thanks for I saw that face, Nick. Um, nice. But the uh, you know I I think that Mike McDaniel has definitely you know emphasized player rest, like you saw with Devin Achan, where they put him on. You know, IR, he really could have kept playing. And so it's at Achan. Achan? Did you just sneeze? Is that what that was? <laughs> you. Dude, he changed, it. He changed it from Chan to Chan. He changed it from Chan to Chan mid season. That's unfair. He did do that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Buffalo can go to Kansas City and win on Sunday. Great game on CBS. Tremendous game. Um, and if they do that, then they set themselves up to really make a run at a playoff spot. You're going to have these teams that are going to dip a little bit. We, you know, just because we've got – you look at who's in the playoffs right now, and the Steelers at 7-5 – Fifty-two percent chance to make it. Browns at seven and five. Fifty-nine percent chance to make it. I'm looking at the upshot here, but these teams. I mean, the Bengals are a team that are people are talking themselves into like making a run. I mean, the Texans, Colts, Browns, Steelers, all these teams at seven and five. All except for the Texans are starting backup quarterbacks. All have question like major question marks about their teams, and you know you still have Denver there at six. Like the Bills are very viable to make a playoff run. The problem is they've just lost so many people on defense. But man, I'll tell you what, like win these next two games and it, it, from a betting perspective, I, I don't know what their odds to make the playoffs are. I can't, um, or the, or, you know, the Super Bowl winner. And I, it's a little blurry for me. I'll just on the video feed, but I think all of those are pretty good looks because we haven't seen it in a while where a wildcard team, jo- oh, there, I got it right there. Buffalo, yeah, 18 to one to win the AFC. I'm down with that 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. Sure. This is a team that your be- another option would be if you're doing best ball playoff best ball stuff, um, you know, go there grab some bill stacks late in the late in your draft. Where if they make the playoffs, you've got a team that could play in every single round and really be a viable contender to get hot as a wild card team. Maybe the defense comes together. Now, of course, it could all flop, but yeah, I think Buffalo very much interested in what they do the next two weeks because it could completely change the playoff landscape. And uh, and Buffalo, like the first injury report coming out for the Bills as the Bills come off their bye. Uh, the only player listed, Von Miller, with a rest day. And obviously, like, we'll see how things play out with, like, Von Miller's legal situation. For now, like, he is expected to play for the Bills on Sunday on the road in Kansas City. You better, you better here with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday. We're talking the NFL. We 14 with our pal Will Brinson from CBS Sports. Um, this coming courtesy of Tom Pelissero. We don't have to talk about this game right now. Um, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence uncertain, obviously, for the game Sunday against the Browns. C.J. Beathard limited in practice today with a shoulder injury for the Jaguars. So maybe we'll do this when we do it move next hour. We'll talk more about this game, the Jaguars and the Browns. Will, in about a minute, so we can save some time to get picks for like the biggest games of the week from you, you gave us like a nice big picture thought there on the AFC. In the NFC, like I'm not going to ask you if you think like a team should be the favorite other than the Niners. Like obviously the answer is no, like San Francisco should be yeah. the favorite. Do you think it's, you know, if the Niners stay healthy and get the one seed, like fait accompli that they're the NFC representative in the Super Bowl? Or do you see another team percolating like that? Maybe it's Philly. Maybe it's Dallas. Maybe it's someone else that you think could take San Francisco down come playoff time. I like the idea of Dan Campbell and Jared Goff doing the percolator dance as they wait to like take down the, <laughs> the 49ers. <laughs> um, 
May no, I mean I don't know, man. I, if I no was an um, okay answer, I think no is the answer. Here's what I would say: If I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm hiring two or three versions of Big Dom, but for Dallas. And when I go against San Francisco in the inevitable, here's how my season ends in horrific, embarrassing fashion. When I make some stupid play call at the end of the game for for Dak or Zeke snapping the center, snapping the ball as, as the center. Uh, I, instead of that, I'm going to have these big Doms. Uh, get in fights with San Francisco 49ers players and get them thrown out so I can finally beat San Francisco in the playoffs. I think that so that's my long-winded no answer. Makes a lot of sense. What about, uh, okay, so San Francisco is the best team. I don't, don't know if anybody's going to go there. <laughs> like, just What about what about MVP? Well, I've, I feel like, stop, stop laughing. Nobody knows what you're laughing at. Uh, the MVP conversation, okay, like San Francisco is the best team. I don't know if anyone's going to go there and win. We kind of talked about the AFC, how we, how we feel that. Guy's going to share a lot of backup quarterbacks, a lot of bad teams. MVP race, really interesting right now. Basically, Dak, Brock Purdy, and Hertz all priced about the same. So like at MGM, it's Brock Purdy, Dak, three to one. Hertz, four to one. Something similar-ish everywhere. And then kind of like draw a line. Then other players, including Tyreek Hill, who I think is kind of interesting. Do you think this is wide open? Could you narrow that group to like one or two players you think will produce the winner? Is it is Brock Purdy the favorite right now? Just kind of give us your thoughts on MVP. we got a few minutes left. See, to me, when you see Tua and Tyreek right there and you see Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey right there, it's difficult for them. I think it's going to be difficult for them to separate because you're going to have two different types of voters, those who pound the table for Tyreek Hill if he gets to 2,000 yards, but also those who say the quarterback has to win, I'm going to give it to Tua. I think you can see a lot of split votes there. Um, Dak is really interesting. It was more a lot more interesting at like 10 to 1, right? I mean, but now he's the favorite at 3 to 1. I, I don't I don't think I want to get in on that. You really need to win your division um, or be the number one or number two seed in your conference to win it all. That's where I think Lamar Jackson at 8 to 1, and I think you can find him as high as like 9.5 to 1, depending on where you look, is probably still the play for me. They have a pretty, they have a, a very, uh, a, a dealable schedule. They can deal, like, I think they get um, San Francisco maybe on, um, I guess San Francisco on Christmas night. Go win that game, Lamar, and get the number one seed in the AFC. And Lamar Jackson's probably – he's won the award before. And, and so you have this thing with voter fatigue sometimes where, you know, like the voters aren't going to want to vote for Patrick Mahomes just because he's like the quarterback left on top this year. But Lamar Jackson won in 2019. So you have – it's sort of the opposite of what of voter fatigue where – these voters, and they're all the same 50 voters for the most part, unless a couple died and they, they, they swapped them out. I mean, legitimately, like that would only be the only reason why. These voters have been comfortable voting for Lamar Jackson in the past. And so it's been four years. It's a new offense. Lamar is more is Lamar's better in the pocket. If you want to, if you want to take that approach, he stays in the pocket more. He's less reliant on his legs this year, and he's in full control of that offense. Loses Mark Andrews and still produces good numbers. You know, I think he's sort of the forgotten man coming off of his bye with Dak playing great football and Brock Purdy in the 49ers rolling up on the Eagles. Brock, it's just the problem with like Brock Purdy is like he. I mean, he's great. But he's also like getting the ball in Debo Samuel's hands, like, you know, for the most part, like pretty close to the line of scrimmage and letting Debo work, all of that stuff. So I think Lamar out of that group is probably the best look for me right now. Are a lot of great big picture topics and thoughts in the NFL from our pal Will Brinson. Will, like, you can, you got a little time here, about a minute here. Do you have like one or two favorite bets coming up in the games this week? Could be side, could be total, anything on the board that tickles your fancy. I was actually going to be really mad if you didn't ask me that because I'd gone ahead and prepared my favorite bets. Uh, for oh. the week and then you're gonna then you're gonna ask me about like you know 
San Francisco and I'm going to do like a, a, a big Dom joke and, and have Ken go. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, I like, the, I like the Browns. I like the Browns minus three, uh, CJ Bethard, uh, as, as, as Pete Prisco, I'm sure pointed out yesterday, like you are who you are, you know, you come in this league, you are who you are. Like you can't be you just see just CJ Bethard. Um, he's not, I don't think he's going to do a whole lot. Denzel Ward likely back for the Browns. I think they announced that this afternoon. That makes a big difference when you're talking about locking down this Jaguar secondary Travis Etienne running, like he's kind of banged up. Um, you know, J- J- Walker little got hurt, uh, on the same play where Trevor Lawrence got hurt, I believe. And, you know, you have this Browns run. You have, like, weather. I think we're going to have, like, 15 to 20 mile per hour wind in Cleveland. It's, you always get a couple of those games this time of year uh, in Cleveland. I think Cleveland will be able to run the ball against Jacksonville. I don't think Jacksonville will be able to do much. I like the Browns laying three. Uh, I like the Bills catching one and a half. Just take them on the money line we have if 10 you want. seconds. Against, against Kansas City. So, Buffalo and uh, Cleveland there. Buddy. Well, we, well, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll do an awesome job on Twitter at Will Brinson, CBSSportsHQ.com, the Pick 6 Podcast. Stay well. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. All right, see you. See you later, buddy. Uh, okay, more bye. line movement for Week 14 coming up next. And also, we'll report a blockbuster trade in Major League Baseball here on You Better You Bet.